Good afternoon, everybody. This is season one, episode one of Poetic Plonk, the pilot episode. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, why on earth is there a bloke on the other end of the microphone wittering on about poetry? I needed to find a reason to um, delve into the history of poetry, whether that is studying classic poetry or contemporary poetry. I needed to give myself the extra kick of motivation to explore various genres of poetry. And what better way to do that than to start a podcast? Now, I would like to preface this podcast with the fact that I am by no means whatsoever a poetry expert. I have never studied poetry in a professional context. I don't have a degree in poetry. My job has absolutely nothing to do with poetry, um, apart from maybe a wee bit of creativity here and there as I do work in marketing. But that's besides the fact that I am by no means a professional poet. Whether you are just like me and you're very much beginner, you have passion for poetry, or if you're on the complete other side of the spectrum and you've been doing poetry for years, even decades, then welcome along. As the high school musical song says, we are all in this together. And in terms of the structure of the podcast, this is very much um, an episodic poetry podcast, which means that every Sunday I will be releasing a new episode. And uh, within each episode, we will be exploring uh, a different poem. So one episode, we might be delving into an original poem written by myself, where I'm essentially just wittering on about what I've written and the background behind it, what uh, certain sentences within the poem mean, um, and the, the context behind those as well. And then in other episodes, we'll very much be exploring classical and contemporary poetry, whether that is um, very historic poetry, such as something written by Edgar Allan Poe, or we might even be delving into something that's a lot more modern, that maybe has more um, pop cultural references behind it, or maybe even a poem that explores sports. I've never looked into that. There's definitely going to be um, poetry out there that might not necessarily cater to the wider audience, but I'm sure each episode will have something for someone somewhere. There'll be a variety of different episodes out there. No episode will be the same at all. Just because of the the spectrum that poetry covers, there is so much to explore, which is exactly why I'll be splitting this into various seasons, because I believe it makes very little sense to just churn out episode after episode after episode without any thought, rhyme or reason behind it. But that's a lot further down the road. So I'd say without further ado, let's crack on with season one, episode one of Poetic Plonk. So here we are. This is the start of the first episode of the first season. Now, in this episode, we will be exploring um, an original poem written by myself called Ode to Munich. Now, I wrote this poem at the end of 2022, after I'd been living in Munich for a few months. 
but I did live in Munich a couple of years ago when I was still studying my bachelor's degree at university. And the internship that I applied for just happened to be in Munich. So then I moved to Munich in the the end of summer of 2020, which, as we all know, was an interesting time in itself, as that was, I guess we could say, the peak of the coronavirus pandemic which meant that when I moved here, a lot of things were actually closed, curfew was in place, and you're only allowed to meet a certain number of people. Um, And a lot of the time, the majority of those people actually ended up being from your household. And I, I fell completely in love with the city at the time, especially in the new year, once the restrictions died down a bit and we were a bit more free to not only just meet people, but also to go and do various things. So I was then able to meet new people. Uh, Bars were also open, which again, allows you to to socialize. And honestly, I had a great group of friends at the time. I lived with some incredible people. And I was thinking to myself in my final year at university that I needed to come back because I love Munich so much um, in in a period where Munich really couldn't offer its full potential so I needed to come back explore that and then in my final year of university I was lucky enough to get a job in Munich so eventually I made it back to Munich in the end the end of September 2022 and I was thrown straight into the deep end when I moved to Munich October 1st was in full effect at the time which Um, if you've been, you know how chaotic that is. And if you haven't been, essentially millions of people flock upon one city to drink beer. And once I actually moved back and realized, wow, this is really the place that I wanted to end up, I wanted to, to essentially write a love letter to Munich just to show how grateful I am to be living here and essentially show my gratitude toward the city. I would say let's let's crack on with the the first poem of the first season, which is Ode to Munich. So here is my love letter to Munich. Picture a city surrounded by mountains and lakes. A city where people go to surf a wave, while others stay out to enjoy an all-night rave. Summer here brings joy and jubilation, An English garden blossoming with all sorts of people. Volleyball, spike ball, flunky ball, coupled with a fair few shots of fireball. The sizzling heat, dripping with sweat. An ice-cold river comes calling. There's no swiping needed to decide whether to answer that call. Just dive right in. Fuck, it's cold. The sun sets. Music plays. Everyone is surrounded by their mates. Phones are out, angling for that perfect picture or reel. What do I know? I'm just young and dumb. TikTok, be real, Snapchat and Instagram. I'll just chill over here and eat my plum. The police arrive, some ten cars and a few horses. Geez, who's been murdered? Hang on a second. It's just Paul over there smoking a blunt. Paul, Paul, Paul. 
September dawns. Here we go again. Oktoberfest. A most toxic relationship. I'm always leaving you, promising myself it's the last time I'll see you for the year. But 9am ticks on the morrow, and just when I thought I was out, you've gone and pulled me back in. Okay. Okay. I think I'm done with you for now. Winter is coming. Wrap up and prepare for those dark and cold nights. But on the bright side, there's always hot chocolate and marshmallows, a mandatory part of my five a day. Red noses and tissues all around. Just take it easy and sip your glue vine. Warm your soul. Fluffy socks and a sweatshirt on, watching a classic rom-com. Who doesn't love a movie night in for one? Another year comes to an end. The city, always a true friend. Through thick and thin, you'll always have a special place in my heart. Oh Munich, let this be just the start. Now, I'd just like to take a few minutes to delve into the intricacies of a few lines within the poem. So, at the beginning of the poem, I discuss a city surrounded by mountains and lakes, a city where people go to surf a wave. Now, Munich is very well known for the Eisbachwelle, which is a wave in the heart of the city in the English Garden, where people actually, or people, a lot of people, go and grab their surfboards and jump in freezing cold water. Now, this water comes from the mountains, which aren't too far-fetched from Munich, um, meaning that in the summer, it is very much refreshing to go to go swim in this stream, but in winter, it is bloody cold. Um, and even if it's December, January, February, or March, if you go to the, uh, the Eisbachwelle, there's a good dozen surfers just waiting to jump in and show their finesse on the wave. I would definitely advise you to, to give it a quick Google if you've not seen the wave or if you've not been to Munich because you, you never really see a wave in the middle of a city. Um, never mind in Germany, which, sure, the north northern part of Germany does have its coastal areas such as Hamburg, but Munich is very much in the south of Germany and landlocked region, which means that in the middle of a city, it's a fair bit of a shock to just come across a wave waving around. In the next paragraph, um, I mention an English garden that's blossoming with all sorts of people. And by all sorts of people, I really wanted to stress the fact that you do meet uh, a variety of people in Munich, and that doesn't just mean in terms of where they're from. So there are obviously a lot of international people here, just because it is um, quite a big city in Germany. But you also meet people uh, of different ages that are going through different stages of life, and also people that have different interests and different music tastes which is just great, especially if you're socializing over a game of volleyball or spike ball. But um, the English garden is actually huge. I think a well-known fact is that the English garden is actually bigger than Central Park. 
I believe it's 10 kilometers long. Uh, don't quote me on that though. I'm not a tour guide in Munich either. Um, but it is, again, another, well, another unique, <laughs> I feel like I'm using that word a lot in this episode, but there's just Munich's got a lot to offer and it's just got things that you wouldn't expect a city a city to offer. Okay, the English Garden, you could say that New York is Central Park, London is Hyde Park, and then Munich does have the, the English Garden, which is just another park, but it's huge. And uh, you can see people playing various sports. And the great thing is people are often open for you just to join in. It's not like people are going there as a group of friends or as a volleyball club and saying, no, guys, go find somewhere else to play and do one. But indeed, they're actually quite, quite welcoming, which is great, especially if you've just moved to the city and you need to meet new people. It's just a, a great way to socialize. Um, I would like to just unfold two more two more sentences in the poem before episode one does come to an end. Um, and the first the first topic of conversation would actually be Oktoberfest. I did briefly delve into that at the start of the episode where I mentioned that it's just a huge beer festival. Um, and the these lines in that paragraph, uh, in particular, a most toxic relationship and talking about you always think it's the last time you're going to go, but... Uh, the next day comes and shit, you're back there again. Um, that in itself is probably only relatable if you've been there. Um, I'm not really sure if there's another... Yeah, I wouldn't even say like going on a night out, you're waking up the next day thinking, oh, oops, I've just ended up in a club again. That doesn't really seem to happen that much, I guess. Um, you often do find yourself going to Oktoberfest say with a group of mates um, and it's not necessarily even through a reservation you might plod and go there at 4 p.m in the afternoon on a on a saturday and pray that you'll get a table somewhere there's that many tents that usually you will find something and then you're there drinking these huge glasses of beer and not only that but for this event in itself the the breweries in munich who are essentially hosts of the or the host tents of the Oktoberfests, they will actually increase the <laughs> the strength of the beer f just for Oktoberfest. So not only are you getting drunk just through crazy amounts of the beer that you're drinking, but also the strength of the beer is also increased essentially, meaning that they just want you to get absolutely trashed. And honestly, when, when you're there, it's not that difficult, um, especially when you're surrounded by a lot of international people because... I think a lot of people in the area of Munich or essentially people that live in Munich and the surrounding areas don't necessarily go to Oktoberfest. Okay, a lot will, but a lot do realize that it is mainly aimed at tourists. And if you do want to go to a traditional, what they call a Volksfest, then you're better off doing that in, in the local villages where they will have the traditional big band and the umpapa of the the trumpets and various instruments blasting off. So yeah, Oktoberfest, you're there just soaking it all in. The atmosphere is incredible. Um, then you stumble home and you wake up the next day, if you're lucky, feeling all right because you decided to get a Mackey's, a kebab, or I don't know, maybe you decided to get a bloody schnitzel on the way home as well. 
And then the next day you wake up, okay, you might be feeling a bit rough. You check your phone and you see that a different group of friends are actually going to Oktoberfest that day as well. And then the thoughts start creeping in of, you know what, this only happens one time in the year. There's only a few days left of Oktoberfest. And before you know it, it's just a vicious circle that keeps on bringing you right back in. So I definitely wanted to get that into the poem just for for the context that Oktoberfest, sure, it's great, but it's it's a bloody toxic relationship. So the the last aspect I'd like to kind of bring to your attention is the the comfort of of winter in Munich. So obviously winter markets are quite well renowned in, in Germany. So it's often nice in winter to just grab a Glühwein at the winter markets. Uh, again, meet up with, with mates or also go with a few colleagues from the office um, and warm your soul because not only is it warm wine, but you're surrounded by the people you love. Um, and then also the, the the fluffy socks with a sweatshirt on around Christmas, whether you're sat there with your parents watching uh, watching a, a movie, a classic rom-com maybe. It's it's just it's that it's that home comfort of being in really warm clothes and just the nostalgia that that the winter brings. And sure, that's not necessarily unique and relevant to Munich, but I think in general that is just an aspect that everyone around the world can relate to. No matter what city you're in, where the hell you are in winter, and it's minus six degrees outside the the comfort of just being able to whack some warm clothes on grab your tea and biscuits or okay probably hot chocolate (laughs) if i want to talk to everyone else in the world that's not from the uk um and stick on a movie so that would be uh, a perfect way to to end season one episode one what i would like to stress is that i'm not going to be making crazy long 30 or 40 minute uh, podcast episodes because poetry in itself is quite a niche um, topic of conversation and just in terms of literature it's not really um, at the forefront of our minds often people are turning to books Uh, when you think about literature you definitely don't think about poetry um, as the most popular form of literature so I wanted to make it very accessible meaning that each episode will be ranging from 15 to 20 minutes. So you can just munch on your cereal in the background or you can listen to me witter on about poetry while you're trying to get to sleep. And who knows, if that helps you to get to sleep, I'm not going to be insulted. So uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed season one, episode one of Poetic Plonk. I wish you a good morning. A good afternoon, a good evening, and a good night. Thank you very much for listening, guys. I'll see you on the next one.